Welcome to the Cultural Cultivators Podcast by Belay Creative and Cultivate Labs, where we explore the diverse and dynamic world of Filipino-American culture. In each episode, we delve into various aspects of Philam culture and speak with artists, leaders, and creators who are shaping and pushing the boundaries of their respective fields. Follow us on all social media at Balai Creative or Cultivate Labs, both with a K. Today, I have the honor of speaking with Rudy Corpus Jr. He is a native to San Francisco and is the founder and executive director of United Players, a violence prevention program that serves the youth of San Francisco Bay Area. As an ex-felon, Rudy was involved in the Second Change program at SF City College. United Players just recently purchased the building that their center is in, and Rudy is now a stakeholder in the Soma Pilipinas Cultural Heritage District, where he grew up and is working hard to rebuild a community that he felt he once destroyed. Rudy believes strongly in the UP motto, it takes a hood to save a hood. In this conversation, Rudy draws from three decades working with young people to unpack the biggest differences between teens in the 90s and teenagers today. These change the world. Phone, screen time. Yeah. yeah. The kids these days, they're not as disciplined. They're not as guided. But there's a reason why. You know what I mean? A lot of parents who was raising their kids when they was once coming to the 90s too, they had still morals and values. They was willing to sit down. A lot of these kids right now, they're so misguided. You can't sit them down until they're in the institution where they're not getting high no more. They don't have no distractions for them to hear you. And even then it's tough because they don't so much medication and so much going on. But what I was saying that a lot of people from the 90s ended up going to prison. Mm -hmm. It was that pipeline. And so when they was locked up, they had kids, but they wasn't able to guide them and raise them. So guess who raised them? Their grandparents. Their grandparents. But a lot of people, they ran over their grandparents because there was a big gap between really trying to build a relationship. And so a lot of these kids, man, just got caught up and this what raised them. Screen right time, here. phones. Also in this conversation, Rudy explains the origins of UP why knowledge of self is critical for youth development, and how divine intervention kept him from undoing three decades of work with young people in the community. You can find Rudy and United Players on Instagram at united underscore players, spelled P-L-A-Y-A-Z. So the first question we always ask all our guests to ground us in conversation with each other, ground us in the space, and also honor those that came before us is, are there any ancestors or loved ones that might have transitioned that you want to call into the space as we talk? First of all, I just want to say thank you for having me, Nicole. I'm honored and I'm humbled that you guys even want me on the podcast. I've never been asked that question. And so it sounds foreign to invite, like, Y'all trying to invite the ghost in this room? 
I ain't trying ones. to be no spirit. Like, no, we got to hold hands. <laughs> this ain't no seance no, podcast. We, we don't have brother. any candles lit. <laughs> it's not a full moon. Okay, so ain't like no spooky stuff. No, no, know? no, no, no. It's more like. Yeah, break that down to Yeah, Ruby. so it was my grandma's birthday yesterday. Oh, uh, happy birthday, grandma. Yeah, Lola Inkar. Hey. And so sometimes wherever we are, we bring our loved ones with us. That's my belief. Oh, got you. And so when we're either like in conversation with folks, in community with folks, in space with folks, I feel like our ancestors are also communicating with each other or in community with each other. Big facts. Right? Because they're always watching over us, protecting us. Hear that? We was just talking about that, walking in here. There you go. Yeah, on my mama. So is and that, she in heaven. So is there someone like your mama that you like to call in or just have on top of your mind? I mean, you know, everybody who stood for the struggle, everybody who fought and died for the struggle, I like to invite them in and give me the wise experience and the wisdom to speak supremely to the people. I want to make sure that I represent them right. And so I, I invite them all in, all the good spirits. Yes. The love. Yes. The love spirit. There you go. <laughs> yes. Spirits of the light, spirits that have our back, but also spirits, spirits of the light. that have the priority of love. You close the door to the darkness. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, you can go. 100%. Yeah. For our listeners, especially those that aren't from Soma or even California, I'd love to know your inspiration behind United Players. Wow. The inspiration of UP. It was really the people, the spirit of the people. Because this is something that I never, ever, ever thought doing that was positive in the light. I was always walking the fence, you know what I mean? Living in the dark, but then trying to do right at certain times. Because I've never been a bad person. I really never have. You know, people, oh, you're a gangster. You're th- I've never been a gangster. I've never been no thug. I did bad shit that was gangsterish and thuggish. But I've always been a solid, good person and always been respectful. The inspiration really comes from the people. You know, I say the power to the people, from the, for the people. Mm-hmm. And as Bill Sorbo said, not just for the people, but with the people. So that was the inspiration was the youth, the people. And now when you started UP, you were actually a gang prevention specialist at Balboa <laughs> High School. Uh, which I, you know? I almost went to Balboa. For real? Yeah. Oh, well, shoot. You'd have been with the UP. I almost went to Balboa. You'd have been recruited, Nicole. You'd have been first re-recruited. Right? <laughs> but I remember my mom during that time, like the 90s, because I also went to high school in the 90s. It was on. It was wild. It was on. It was wild. Like, gang banging was, like, really in. At its high. If you were in a gang, you were one of the cool kids. Yeah. And, you know, the pull of the gravitivity of that life again, right? Especially if you're from the inner city, is a hard pull. Yeah. Especially going to inner city schools like Bow, Mission, right? These are schools where everybody from every hood is damn near there. Balboa at that time was the most notorious school, I'd probably say, in the city in 94. Mm-hmm. It was off the side shows every day in front of the school. And every reputable set and gangs was there in Balboa at that time. And fights every day. <laughs> that was the activity. Yeah. That was what really brought UP together, putting a boot on that, because nobody was learning at the time. Everybody was so scared and watching their back or got in the gang so you wouldn't be a victim that nobody was really learning. And so 
I was like, man, something has to happen. The principal at Balboa at the time, she was Filipino, Miss Montaversion. And so she needed help. She was like, damn, I need some help, Rudy. It's off the hook. And I was cracking up because I'm so used to it because that's the way school functions. I said, all right, let me do what I do. She gave me the green light, the principal, an ex-felon, right, coming to the school that she really didn't know, but she trusted me because she was Filipino and I was Filipino. And it worked out. What was that like going into the school as this person in authority, but also not administration? Yeah. With the kids, I'm assuming kids from all backgrounds, right? Black, yep. Samoan, Filipino, Mexican. Did they see you as a threat? Did they see you and respect you? <laughs> oh, like, that's how, funny did, you say how that. do you build that respect with kids? So that's funny you say that because, so here, let me just rewind a little bit, right? Yeah. So I got hired at Bernal Heights Neighborhood Center as a gang prevention counselor. And Bernal Heights is in District 11. So my job title was to find Filipino gang members. That was my job. I was a Filipino gang prevention counselor, and I had to do outreach for Filipinos. And so I was like, shit, I know where they all at, the Filipino gang. They at Balboa. Because, you know, I'm from Frisco. I know where they at. Got on the 14 mission, got off on Onondaga, went straight over there, and sure enough, they're all there. But me, at the time, I'm young. And I was still dressing like I was active. So they was checking me out. And I knew more black people than I knew Filipinos because of my upbringing. And so when the Filipinos saw me, I saw a couple of them. It was mostly RPBs there. Cats, right? Remember RPBs? Remember them? Yep. Yeah, shout out to the RPBs, the homies. Not only them, but the Samoans and them. And so they challenged me. They saw me walking. I had a brim on. I ain't going to lie. I swear to God. I had a red on, sweatsuit. I had a cane. I was walking through the halls. They didn't know what the hell I was. Like, Stuart, the hell is this dude? I know you ain't administration. <laughs> and so they said, where you from? That's that line. Where you from? You have to know how to answer that. Shit, I put my stick down to my, I said, earth is my turf. I'm from Frisco. What's up? They said, okay. You know what I mean? But where you from? I said, man, I'm a grown-ass man with that shit. I separated a grown man in the kitty table a long time ago. I'm fresh out. You know what I mean? But I looked hella young. Younger than some of the students that was there. Keep it 100. They felt me, though. And they felt me. And then it was like, okay. And then some of them, no, nah, that's Rudy. We know him. He's from the Soma. And so, you know, it kind of helped me out. And then from there, I met some staff that was working there that I knew from San Francisco. Samoan dude. His name was Leite. Samoan dude. He was like 6'4". 350, 450 pounds. One of the biggest Samoans. You know what I mean? He don't even knock motherfuckers out. He slap you out. <laughs> he was security there. So I knew him from the streets. I knew the coach, Andre Alexander. He was a brother from Hunters Point, right? That was the football coach. So it helped out with my introduction to being that bow. And then plus, I used to go to bow when I wasn't up there because I had girlfriends up there. You know what I mean? I go up there, see my girlfriend before this all jumped off, and I would be fighting that bow. So people say, oh, yeah, I remember. He, he manny. That dude crazy, you know. And I'm walking by myself, though, up that bow through the halls and navigating. And so it helped me out. They didn't ever jump me, though. But they didn't know, though. They didn't know what I was doing there. Oh, okay. You know what I mean? And I was explaining. I was trying to talk to some of the Filipinos. I'm here to help you guys out if y'all need help. They say, we don't need nothing. At first, they didn't trust me. They're like, we know, know you, but... We ain't trying to get you our business, which is understandable. So I understand trust is built. And so that's how the relationship started with 
me trying to help them out. And then from there, when a big fight occurred, October the 8th, 1994, and this is on the newspapers, right? A big fight ensued between Filipinos and blacks right in front of the school. And that's what started and sparked off United Players, straight up. It was the people. I was just the glue to bring both sides to the table to communicate after the big rumble. And how did you get that to, like, from rumbling to actually like finding a way towards peace and coexisting together? Most people really don't want war. They really don't. If anybody's starting font, they're either working for the police or they're just really crazy because most people do want peace. And so I knew that. I learned that when I was locked up. And anytime you have to coexist in any institution, you got to find some common ground. There's got to be diplomacy. And so I knew how to activate that. And so me being Filipino, when I hollered at the Filipinos, because, you know, after the big fight ensued, it was a big fight. Anybody who was Filipino at Bow after that week was getting jumped. Even if you weren't a gang member, just coming to school, the blacks would jump on you, rob you, strip you. And if you was black, you was getting jumped. Nobody was learning. The school was dangerous, and the principals were like, we need help. The police come up there, they start jacking people. What I learned when I was incarcerated, got the Filipinos, hey, man, let's get together. So the other Filipinos who ain't with y'all, because y'all can handle yourself, but these other kids coming to school is getting jumped and robbed. And so that makes sense. If I bring y'all to the table and I get the brothers, will you be willing to sit down? At first, they didn't want to, right? There was a way that we handled that, you know what I mean? And so anyway, they came and I talked to somebody who knew all the blacks, who they had respected, which was Andre Alexander, the coach of the football team. He got with them and they was with it. And then I had to get the muscle, you know who I got, right? The big <laughs> ass Samoan Leite. And Leite, man, that motherfucker looked many. Six, four, four, 50, crooked eye, straight up. And so the principal said, okay, I'm going to give you any room you want in the building, Ruby, for y'all to have this mediation, conflict mediation. I said, cool. I said, no police in the room, no administration, right? Just me and the homies and Leite and Andre in the room that fought, and they was with it. The police even went to go get kids from the fight on October the 8th because it was the weekend after that, picked them up to bring them back to school. Yeah, for Hunter's Point, they went, the police went up there, got them, escorted them back, and brought them on campus to get in the room. And they sat in the room, and we worked it out. We figured it out. The people figured it out. It wasn't me. It was the youth that figured it out. The power was in the people. Straight up. 100. Shit, 1 billion. <laughs> That's so beautiful. Yeah. I love that story. Well, my I mama. True story. Based on a true story. I believe it. And that's what birthed United Play is. Straight up. And that continues to be the work that you do. 29 years later. Exactly. We still pushing like a pregnant woman. You heard me? <laughs> Worldwide. <laughs> That's so crazy. 94, I was a freshman in really? high school. <laughs> yes. How that happened? You you look like you're only 22 years well, old. thank you. Oh, my mama. <laughs> and you got all your teeth. Oh, I know. <laughs> thank God. <laughs> For real? Sheesh. I was a freshman in high school, and I remember I was supposed to go to Balboa. My mom's like, we got to move. I don't want to say, because it was probably that fight 
that scared the ish it out was, of my it mom. Was, it was dang, Balboa was dangerous. See, yeah. you got to remember, too, so the Filipinos and blacks was cool now. Yeah. But then the Samoans and the Latinos got together, mm-hmm. and they teamed up to fight the blacks. <sighs> so there was another big chaos rumble at the school. But I did the same thing that I did prior to it, and they was willing to sit down. And so you had Samoans, Latinos, Filipinos, and blacks now at the table. Like I said, most people do not want war. Everybody wants to be able to sit down and not have to be trizzed up at who's behind you or you got to kill somebody. And so I was able to get with them and we was able to work it out. But then the peer resource people came in and helped. The wellness center, I think. It was another group. So it was the people who did it. I was just the head that was able to bring them in the room they trusted. And I love that you bring up, you know, this idea of wellness and giving the youth the space to just talk it out and not repress their feelings <laughs> of whatever's bothering them, but have a space to talk it out and, and communicate. Listen. Exactly. They just want to be listened to. Exactly. If you're not going to listen to me, I'm going to rebel. And you're going to see and feel me one way or another. And that's what transpired. You know what I mean? The teachers were scared. Not all of them. There's a lot of good teachers at Bow. Administration was scared. So the kids, right, was coming to school. They wasn't lost. They was just misguided. And so all they knew to get attention is to fight. That was the activity. But they just needed somebody to make sense out of it. Somebody they seen that been there, done that themselves, and had a credibility for to sit them down and say, man, this is the right way. OG, people say original gangster. No, it stands for original guidance, right? And then you got OGs who these youngsters look at, but they don't respect them because OG stands for out of gas now, right? And so I was able to be up there. And I looked at young. I still look young. Move you I'm still active. You do? I mean, me? honestly, I remember meeting you in college. For real? Yeah. You went to college too? Yeah. At SF State. Through like, I think it was like a Begonia class or Gonzalez oh, yeah. or Shout out to all the Filipino teachers up there yeah. that taught the truth. Exactly. And they brought us onto the Bal campus. It was probably yep. through Pep. Yes. And we met Shout you. Shout out to Pep. Shout out to Pep. Yeah, my home girl. And I remember Ka- meeting Kabbalist you. and his wife. Yes. Allison. Allison. Ate my Allison. Kabbalah's still up at Bal. Oh, is he? Man, I said, I went up, because I'll still go up to Bow. We run UP up there. We get up there when they want us to defuse some of the fires that happens up there. Mm-hmm. And I was up there, we was up there, and I seen, I was like, boss, you still here? That motherfucker was jumping rope. <laughs> like, damn, you still in good shape. But, you know, I wanted to get back a little bit, speaking about the youth, because you work so much still with the youth today. Straight up. And I want to know what your opinion is about the youth today versus the youth in the 90s. Is there a big difference? I think you see it. I think these change the world. Phone, screen time. Yeah. Yeah. I think the kids these days, they're not as disciplined. They're not as guided. But there's a reason why. You know what I mean? A lot of parents who was raising their kids when they was once coming to the 90s too, they had still morals and values. They was willing to sit down. A lot of these kids right now, they're so misguided. You can't sit them down until they're in an institution where they're not getting high no more. They don't have no distractions for them to hear you. And even then, it's tough because they don't so much medication and so much going on. 
and everything is so instant now. Yeah, because of social media. Social media, you know, cooking and everything. Yeah. It's rare to see youngsters cooking. You know what I mean? Get a real homemade meal. Yeah. You dig what I'm saying? And I'm talking about our Filipinos. Yeah. Because, you know, that's culture for us. Mm-hmm. This generation. Right? And so I try to install those ethics still in my kid. I'm that type of pimp. Your ass don't get a job and your ass don't go to school. You got to get up out of my house. Yes. Oh, that's messed up. Yeah, you got to go. That's fucked up. Nah, man, you're going to learn today. Shit. You know what I mean? How old are your kids now? So I have a son. He's 25. Wow. No, Rudy's 26. Wow. Rudy's 26, and my other son is 25. He made me a grandfather. Oh, my, my god. Yeah, my granddaughter birthday's tomorrow. Oh, wow. She's two years old. We're going to be at the park kicking it. Nice. But what I was saying that a lot of people from the 90s ended up going to prison. Mm-hmm. It was that pipeline. And so when they was locked up, they had kids, but they wasn't able to guide them and raise them. So guess who raised them? Their grandparents. Their grandparents. My grandma raised me. You feel what I'm saying? Yeah. And lucky, I bet you your grandma raised you right. Mm-hmm. 100%. Right? I could tell she did. Shout out to your grandma. Yeah. But a lot of people, they ran over their grandparents because there was a big gap yep. between really trying to build a relationship. And so a lot of these kids, man, just got caught up and this is what raised them. Screen right time, here. phones. This is addicting. Yeah. I mean, right. even. That's why I carry this one. Shit, this is simple. And I respect that. Oh, I respect man. that you have a flip phone. Yeah. I think about it all the time, like how much time I waste on social media and just doom scrolling. I was doing that shit at three in the morning yeah. this morning. I was like stuck. <laughs> the hell am I doing? But it's also built to be addictive. The phones, they have that certain thing in them that's built for you to get stuck. Yeah. It's like a frequency that catches your mind. And you get stuck because a lot of the stuff that you watch on here, it repeats itself. Mm-hmm. The real Just things. say, for example, if you're watching food, for some reason, I like watching mukbang. <laughs> like when they eat, yeah. crunchy stuff. That pops up. Or cats. I love cats. Some people, they like watching fights mm. and violence. And so that's all on their shit. Yeah. And imagine a kid who's growing up and their mind is not developed right. Yes. Arrested development. And they watching it. So they think it's normal. Yeah. But who's there to intervene and start coaching them? Look at the malls. They all at the malls. At AMC Emeryville. There was like 400 teenagers that came and just started pepper spraying random But folks. fight's always been at the mall, yeah. right? Before, but now it's it's being televised more. Yeah. Right? And spread and, on TikTok. And spread. Yeah. And this is just another way of the kids showing you they need attention. Yes. That's all it is. Yes. They're putting it on Front Street. Yes. And so... You could use this as a gift or it could be a curse, depending on who's teaching the kids. Are you really knowing what your kids is watching? I monitor my kids, my daughter. What you watching? I be nosy. Uh, just K-pop. Okay, what's, what's up with K-pop? Tell me more about K-pop. <laughs> you know what I mean? They don't look like they harmless. Yeah. <laughs> but let me know what they saying. Yeah. <laughs> in you Korean. I mean? Yeah, but well, they be getting it in. <laughs> Shoot. But I kind of want to go back to... You know, this idea of kids watching violence and fights on TikTok as sort of like extracurriculum activity, right? Because I know you know true love. That's true love? True love? You're There's homie. a lot of true love. <laughs> They're all the brothers. Those are all my homies. Yeah, so I saw on social media his son got attacked in Hawaii. Yes, he did. And a bunch of teen boys filmed the whole thing. They jumped him and filmed it. Right. And you know, shout out True Love and his son and much love to them. 
But like, how do we address something like that? Well, I think Jamal did it in the best way he could. Yeah. Because, you know, he's a figure that people, look. he has a big following. Yes. And it's unfortunate that it happened to a son. Yeah. Well, Jamal's a good father. I know it. He yeah. has very good kids. Yeah. And and, and his, the, the mamas, great mamas, right? It was really hurtful to see that his son could have died. Yes. And it really happens. People get killed. Oh, yeah. Right? And so he was able to use that as a platform to educate people. Because all this started off was a one-on-one fight. Mm-hmm. Right? And I just saw this. And I'm at a conference where I was talking about stopping the violence for kids. And here it is coming across the media. And when I see it, it made me sad. and hurt me. But this is happening all over. It's happening all over. But it's just, it's like a blessing in disguise now mm. that Jamal could use this as a platform to say, hey, look, this was really going on. Yeah. Because what transpired by that happened to Jamal, it also happened at Mission High School. And at Mission, the kids who had got jumped, who got beat up, their auntie is the one who helps buries everybody in San Francisco. Oh, wow. You know what I mean? My homegirl. So it hit hard for them because here we are helping the community. Yeah. And serving the people, but here goes my own nephews and nieces going to school, and they getting beat down. Damn, they almost killed, and there ain't no coming back from death. Mm-hmm. And so, this is something I think that affects the whole community, community. all of us. It's like that rock in the pond on the coast. Mm. The ripple effects really hurt, and so you know we pl- got to play our part. And it's it's tough because even at juvenile hall, the units men are being filled, and guess who's mostly in the units? being filled girls no way god wow i wouldn't even think that yeah the units of the girls is the population is going up so you know we need more people to step up so like as a parent right and and i know something similar Ooh. happened to your own son you spoke about i know where it. you're going with all yeah. this <laughs> like if that happened to my son he's only one right i dread the day he's a teenager first of all as a mother but if that happened to my son I would just see red. I would just go straight. Like, me and my Nicole, mom. Nicole, we need you, girl. You better prepare yourself for this shit because the shit is not a good We just go straight it to is our real. revenge. How do you not go straight there back to that place, that dark place? Well, I think this is where we have to be able, really, to learn self-discipline. Mm-hmm. We have to learn how to have self-control, right, and really know how to deal with it because this is the real world we live in. Yeah. And shit's going to happen. Dig what I'm saying? But when it hits closer to home, when it's our own family, our kids, and so I'm going to share this with you, man, and this is real. Our kids someday got to go out and get off the porch. Yeah. They got to go get on the bus. They got to go to school. All you could do is teach them and coach them the best way you can to try to avoid those pitfalls. Mm-hmm. You dig what I'm saying? Because there's a lot of kids out there who don't got that guidance. And our kids soon will have to be by them. And usually you know what happens? The kids, the parents who we teach our kids right, they don't want to be victimized. So guess what they do? They'll join them. Mm. And guess what they would do? They will be rougher than the kids who's starting the shit. Yeah. Just to prove themselves and not to be victimized. Yeah. Dig what I'm saying? And so your kid who you raising right ends up getting caught up. That's my son. Mm. He ended up going to prison. Oh, wow. We raised my son good. Yeah. But he had to get outside. And when he did, he started hanging with them kids. And those kids who we hung with, either you was going to be a victim or you was going to join it. Mm. And he ended up getting caught up with it. Both of my sons. 
But now, when he got out of prison, now he gets it. Like, Dan, I know what you're talking about, because guess what? Most of his homies who he was with are in prison fighting a life sentence, or they got murdered. Wow. And they all 25, 26 years and younger. Oh, my gosh. Yep. That's on my mom. And they got time, time. Yeah. Like, shit, 50 to life. Yeah. It was like, no coming out from that. Or his homies, while my son was incarcerated, found out his homies who he's with got murdered. Several of them. And so you just got to continue to teach your kid, right, and guide them and let them know about the real world because mm-hmm. they're going to have to deal with it. <laughs> yeah. And pray and hope that shit don't happen because I'm sure you know how to navigate your way when you see the bullshit, right? You oh, see yeah. it. I'm a black belt in Taekwondo. <laughs> you know what I mean? But the best thing, right, even learning karate and self-defense. And also street smarts and right. just being aware. Feeling it, just having yeah. that third eye. Exactly. Bruce Lee was one of the greatest martial arts of all time. You know what his line was? What is your style? You said, my style is fighting without fighting. Mm-hmm. So you avoid that. And you could do that by communication and knowing how to walk away. It ain't being no sucker, no punk. Yeah. It's just knowing, man, how to survive. Exactly. Because as warriors and warriorettes, our last resort is to get into combat. Because mm-hmm. what we do, That's it's what we learn, yeah. And, yeah. You feel me? It's on. Martial when arts. When it's on, it's on. Yeah. And so, you know, I ain't got time for that shit. And like you said, I've been through that shit. That shit was tough. Mm. You know, I had to pray. Because motherfuckers wanted to kill that dude. But I said, no, I'm going to do it. Mm-hmm. I'm going to do it. I ain't give a fuck if it was a little kid or not. I was going to handle that. You know what I mean? I lost all my ethics, but I was able to regain them because I got checked by God. Mm, how? How did it happen? Yeah. So, see this phone right here? Yes. The it's bat ripped. phone, the flip phone. So, you know when good news happens, bad news travels even faster. Mm-hmm. So, everybody found out my son got stabbed, was almost dead in general hospital, Zuckerberg. Everybody's calling me on this phone. Yo, what's up, man? We got woo, woo, woo. And, and I'm getting so many phone calls from like 2 p.m. when it happened all the way until damn near midnight, but this phone kept ringing, the hotline. Mm-hmm. And all I'm hearing is, is get the ass, what's up? We already know what it is. And I'm like, no, nah, I got this. But this phone kept ringing and I'm ringing, I'm kept prepping, delete, delete. Then I said, fuck it, I'm gonna answer because they kept calling, it was like very, I said, hello? And it was a lady, she said, excuse me, excuse me. Is your name Rudy? I was like, and I had an attitude. I'm still at the hospital, Yeah. general hospital. Yeah, this Rudy, what you want? Shit, straight up. Are you the one who saved kids' lives? I was like, what? Here I'm thinking about murder. And this lady, who I don't know, called me on this. I don't even know how she got the number. Said, are you the one that saves kids' lives? I said, oh, yeah, 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 what's up? She said, my son, same age as my son, he's going to end up going to prison or he's going to get killed. I need your help to save him. That shit hit me. Boom. What the fuck am I thinking? Here I've been doing this work all these years, helping everybody out. Now we got closer to me. I'm falling back. Mm-hmm. The devil tried to get me. He can't get you. He's going to get your kids. Mm. And that was God's way of checking me. He said, nah, man, you better stay in what I've got you on this planet to do. I didn't get you this far, man. And I said, all right. And it snapped me out of that spell on my mama. And I said, all right, let me get your information. And sure enough, we was able to help the young style. And it took me away from going on a mission. After 20 some years of me doing it, all that shit went out the window mm. when it was my son. Yeah. You feel me? I was like, oh, hell no. And especially seeing him laying there on a gurney with tubes and shit, you know. I know I've been in that position. And to see that, that shit hit hard. 
So anyway, man, God checked me again. That's yeah. divine intervention. 100%. Thank you, Lord. Yeah. Thank you, God. That was literally like. God is my leader. <laughs> speaking through her you know I mean? to you. To this phone, that's why. Yeah. Like, you get? I didn't even ask how she got it. This phone, if you got this phone, this number. Yeah. That means, man, you got plugged in yeah. somewhere. <laughs> exactly. Feel me? Wow. Yeah, that was deep. And based on a true story, I swear to God, it felt with that way. And look now, my son, he's good. He got a baby. Mm. Her birthday's tomorrow. He got over that trauma because we got him therapy. We got him help. And whoever did it, may they get help. Mm. You know yes. what I'm saying? You know, I'm forgiven. I forgave that shit. I moved on. May that person get help. Maybe they got past it or whatever. And, you know, I don't wish no ill, bad on that person or his family because I think they knew they was going to get it. Mm. I promise you. People was calling, hey, man, please, 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 please. I said, man, nope. <laughs> and But it, nothing happened. Thank God. And I'm thankful for that. Divine intervention. Amen. And I love that you bring up this idea of healing and the importance of forgiving those that hurt, but also spreading that healing. And I think that's so much of what you do and your organization does, United Players in this community, even in other urban communities outside of San Francisco. But why do you feel like it's so important to heal these young kings before they get into prison, before they get murdered? What is the importance and why should we be healing our young kings? It sounds cliche, but they are future. They're not even a few, they are present. And it's old to them. I'd rather fix and help kids who are broken than old people that can't be fixed, you know? And so to me, it's very important for us to teach the truth to the people, especially the youngsters, because they have so much life in them. And it's important for us to teach them at a young age so they can get it even faster because some of these schools, they're not teaching them the right way. You know what I mean? They teach them how to read, write, and do math at a proper level, but who's really teaching them? about their history, who's teaching them about knowledge of self, who's teaching them about self-discipline, about my people, about my culture. You dig what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. I didn't start knowing about Filipinos until I was locked up. Feel me? Then I would go to class after when I, so when I was fresh out, they mm -hmm. made me go to the college. Otherwise, I was going to go back to jail. And so what did I take? Of course, hell yeah, I met a dude named Dennis Yabungan, Filipino OG cat, right? Original guidance. I said, Rudy, I'm going to give you these classes. You're going to learn about Filipinos. That's why I got in Bagonia and all them classes. Tony Guiwan, may he rest in peace. You feel me? So I started taking the class. I was hella fascinated, right? Because then nobody teach me about nothing about being Filipino when I was in all these schools coming up. My parents would try to teach it to me, but I was out the door. You dig what I'm saying? And so when I was able to hear, I was like, damn, my people's man is kings and queens. These motherfuckers is bad. This cat named Lapu Lapu. Never heard of him. You know what I mean? Or a Gabriella Salong. Right? Head, they was deep. And once I started hearing about my people, I was very proud. And so this is what we need to teach our kids at a young age. That's why I love what I see around here. This is life. Them books. Man, it's like they say, the best way to keep away 
a person will learn it. Put that shit in the book because they don't feel blacks and browns going to read that shit because we was taught not to. Mm-hmm. But no, man, let's give them that. Shit, you go on here now. Just ask them, who's Lapu Lapu? Yeah. Shit'll pop up. <laughs> on Google. And you ain't even got to read. Just press the button. It's going to read it to you. Yeah. Right? And so these are the things, man. People didn't start really realizing who in the hell Filipino was until Pacquiao came out. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then it was cool. Yeah, they was calling him. They, he, he speaks Tagalog or some shit. I was like, what the hell are they talking about? You know what I mean? And so it's important for us to give it to the youngsters at a young age, the truth. And I say this over and over and over again because it's real. Feed your son that while they still in the belly, mm-hmm. right? And they being born in the stomach. Start talking to that stomach. Start letting them to hear and listen to shit that's real. A lot of not of that bullshit that people is playing in rotation. You feel me? And you get it in your spirit. That's where you start giving it to them that young. And that's what it's owed to us. And whether they want to get it or not, that's on them. But at least we taught it. That's on my mama. And she in heaven. This is why I loved having you here to talk about all of this. Because not only... Have you been doing this work for a decade? 29 years. Exactly. It's October the 8th. Exactly. Almost three decades. Damn right. Happy anniversary. I found my purpose. What are the biggest accomplishments that you feel you've done in these 30 years? Whoa. Man, that's a big question. Yeah. Honestly, I think some of the biggest accomplishments is the life of some of the kids that I knew that was troubled when they was young. To see them ended up dead or prison, now that it's successful, to call me and they now, hey, Rudy, man, I'm running this company now, or I'm over here living in Florida, or I'm out here, and they're successful. Talk about millionaires. Mm. I'm like, for real? And they say, thank you. That right there is like the biggest accomplishments for me. You dig what I'm saying? And that wasn't even Rudy. That was God. You dig what I'm saying? To me, those are the biggest accomplishments. All the materialistic stuff that we have, like we have a street named after us now in the neighborhood I grew up in. Because, you know, like we said, UP started in District 11. But in 2005, I took what I learned and brought it back to the Soma, where I'm born and raised, where we have over 100 year history of Filipinos. And I brought it to our people, planted seeds right here. And so not only was we able to get in the building and rent, a big accomplishment, we was able to buy the building, stabilize it, and put a flag in the flow for the people who will be there at Bessie Carmichael forever, ever, ever. So when I'm gone and you gone, guess what? Our kids are going to be there running it. They got a safe space. And when your kid have a kid, they going to have it. Generations. Yes. You know what I'm saying? These are the things that we're able to accomplish. We're able to accomplish now having our staff who are in this neighborhood who was thugged out, right, who had life sentences, like I was telling you about, B&G gang members, Frisco boys. They all working in the neighborhood we all destroyed before. Now they took life, now they given life. Those are accomplishments. And guess what? Their kids now are in our program working, and they had babies. You dig what I'm saying? So these are the accomplishments that I see that is flourished to something that is blossomed, something beautiful that God created. And the biggest accomplishment, other than them kids in that, is that we are able to serve God. That's how I feel. Because guess what? We guarantee, Nicole, death. Right? All of us. Yeah. 
And that's for sure. That's guaranteed. Mm-hmm. Without death, life has no meaning. Mm-hmm. And so guess what? I know where I want to go. AP, I want to go to the boom, boom room. <laughs> you feel me? When this is over, <laughs> yeah. shit, I want to go to the boom, boom room. I want to see my grandma and my dad in, Come on in now. heaven. Yeah, Yeah, me too. I'm going to see my mama, my, all my homies who passed through. I got a lot yeah. of homies. Mm-hmm. You feel me? That I done buried. I got a suit for the occasion. Yeah. You know what I mean? A lot of kids who was in our program since 94, a gang of them. Mm-hmm. Youngest 12 years old got murdered. Wow. You know what I mean? Way before it's time. Wow. We're going to see all of them. My nephew, my niece passed away. Mm-hmm. I ain't trying to go soon, but when it's my time, I want to be there. And so I want to just do a good job and be here on this earth, this fucked up ass planet that we're in. We got a lot of haters and a lot of jealousy in this, com- and not only com- in this world. Yeah. Right? To be here, man, to do my little part for humankind. Mm. And then I can get on and leave that shit to everybody else. <laughs> it's like we say here, it's leaving a legacy for Kapwa, for, Kapwa, for our community. Kapwa? Okay, that's Kapwa. Yeah. yeah oh, it's... like Kapwa the garden. Yes. I got it, Desi. <laughs> I thought Kapawa was like a cup of tea. <laughs> like, this boy passing out tea in this neighborhood. <laughs> Kapawa means community. It's community. It's togetherness. It's seeing yourself in someone else. Like we have shared humanity. See, I'm at halftime of my life. You feel me? I'm still damn near at halftime. Yeah. I still don't know shit. And I'm learning. We're always learning. You, you feel me, though? Yeah. And so, man, when I hear words like Kapawa, and that's Filipino shit, yes, right? Yes, it is Filipino. I love that. I, I know Bahina meant that, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I didn't know Kapawa. I, didn't, I thought that was for real something else. But that's what you're doing with UP, with United Players. Praise God. Praise God. No, I love all the work that you, you do you. in the community. I love the stories that you tell. And really, it's healing. All of it. Oh, my mama. That's real fact. Big facts. And I love that you're rooted in not just us and our shared humanity, but also God creator. 100. And you give that to God creator. I've been to hell. Mm -hmm. I done died and went there. I swear, man. And so I know there's a God. Mm -hmm. I know there's a God. He brought me back. Let's talk about that. Shoot. Before you have to go. No, no, we ain't going to go there because you might have me crying. (laughs) You got to be real good with me to get that out of booty. Okay. Because I'll next, be lying. Next interview with you. Huh? Next conversation we have. I don't know about have. the next interview because ain't that many people brought that part out of me yet. But I died and went to hell. Wow. For real. I was there. And that shit wasn't pleasant at all. Mm. God brought me out of it. And I was like, whew, thank Lord. Wow. Thank you, Lord. So while I'm here, I'm kind to people, loving, respectful. You feel me? I ain't no pushover. No. But I will show you respect and love you feel me because you deserve it every humankind deserves it as long as they give it yes and that's the energy you bring into every space i remember you visiting couple gardens on 420 and you literally came to our table and was Ah. giving everyone love and respect and speaking to them as if you knew that at the Kappa Water Garden. Yeah. Community. <laughs> Kappa Garden. That's the way it should be, Desi. though, right? Yes. It should be that way. People should I remember should you were sitting like, at the table. Yeah. That was you. Yeah, that was oh, yeah, the prettiest woman at the table. Oh, How can you. I forget? <laughs> yeah, right next to the stage. I was hiding a motherfucker, too. <laughs> so was I. Yeah, 420. 
Oh, that's another company. I got a weed store in the neighborhood. There you go. Yeah. Which is called? Yeah, Stizzy and Asoma. Stizzy and Asoma. And money Asoma. that's profited there, the proceeds go to restorative justice. There you go. To the homies. Yes. You know what I mean? Because I got a lot of people on my payroll who work with me, not for me, mm. who all did life sentences in prison. Mm -hmm. And they're home now after long durations of time. They work at Bessie Carmichael. There you go. You believe that? We got dudes who've been in prison with the LWAP. But they're on a kindergarten yard now, helping out the little kids from one yard, from the prison yard to the elementary yard. And they're making a positive impact. Like the kids love them. You know what I mean? Uncle Omar. <laughs> Uncle Jason. Uncle Will. All these dudes was in prison with life. They had the elbow, the kickstand. They was never supposed to leave prison. But God blessed them and put them in a position where they are in their destiny of life. Saving lives. It's a miracle, man. I love that your story and the work that you do also gives room to folks having the opportunity to transform their lives. Amen. And turn their lives around and giving them that second chance, right? Because when convicts and folks that were in prison come back out, a lot of people don't want to give them second chance. My cousin just got out. And I went up and I visited where he's living now and we took him to lunch. We bought him whatever he needed. But a lot of folks still, there's this negativity and this cloud around right. them where people don't want to give them a second chance. But look at our Filipino families in our community. Exactly. Right? You know, sometimes it's a, like a thorn in the side when somebody from your family's locked up. Yeah, it's a lot of shame. Uh, where is Uncle? Oh, he's in the Philippines. Mm -hmm. <laughs> you don't and talk about it. Quentin. Yeah. <laughs> You know, yeah, my cousin was in San Quentin. Yeah, you feel what I'm yeah. saying? And so you have to have a community to come back to, mm -hmm. right? And I know what it feels like to re-enter and not be accepted. And so I want to make sure we embrace that population because you get a chance. Everybody, man, makes mistakes. We're all human. Yeah. You get know what I'm saying? But let's give them that opportunity to correct it because it ain't how you start the race. It's how you finish it. Mm. And there's a lot of people who have made transition in prison. See, prison ain't there to reform you. You got to reform yourself. And people do it. And it's showing, right, the examples that we have. There's a lot of people out there now who are very successful, but they grew up. They separated a grown man from the kitty table. And when they came home, they was already trained. They went through every program that they can. And they utilized it and applied it to their self. Knowledge yourself. It's important. You got to know who you is, man. Mm. You know, and like I said, I'm still learning. We're all still I'm learning. 116% Filipino with no cut. <laughs> so with that, Desi, <laughs> huh, did you catch that? 16%, brother. Come on, what letter, man, is the P in the alphabet? Huh? What Filipino. Is it? You smell, man? <laughs> I'll smell you. That's Bay Area shit. No trip. Podcast world. Frisco. All right. I have one or two more questions. I want to respect your time. Thank you. I appreciate it. Just to full circle this, I want folks to know, even that aren't in the hood, because you are famous for saying it takes a hood to save the hood. But we have listeners that are not in the Soma community, maybe not even in California. What can folks do to help? So thanks for asking that question. It 
takes the hood to save the hood doesn't mean you got to be from the hood. It just means you got to have a very compassionate and giving heart. You could be from Chattanooga, Tennessee. You got a good heart. That's cool. And just because you're in the hood don't mean you got a good heart. And so all it means is it takes the hood to save the hood. It takes the people to save the people. And there's people everywhere. And so that's all that means. It's just more of a slicker way to say it, to catch a very catchy way. Because we do need the people in the hood to take care of the hood. But some of the people in the hood are the worst people for the hood. I accept wherever you from. I don't care if you a half-stone, cold-smoked-out midget. Shit. <laughs> you feel me? If you got love in your heart, come on and bring it. I embrace it. Doesn't matter. Bring love. Love is love. It's everywhere. Authentic love. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And so I accept it everywhere. That's all it is. It ain't got to be for no particular neighborhood or hood or the Soma. Got to have love in your heart, love and compassion. That makes sense? Yeah, of course, 100%. And that's why I especially am blessed to have you today as one of our first season guests. What? Because what you preach and also the being you are, I feel like is something I want my son to be like. Amen. Uh, You just gave me a great compliment. Thank you. Thank you. And that's deep. And so just my last question, is there anything that you want to shout out to or plug? First of all, thank you guys for having me. Thanks, Desi. You know what I mean? The man behind the computer. (laughs) I do want to say, you know, it's very important to learn who you are and know who you are. It's important for you to do your history, to learn your history and our people. We come from kings and queens. We've been blessed. And so don't ever downplay yourself or don't look down at yourself because we are beautiful human beings. We're God-fearing people that originated from love. And we continue to exude that and push that out there. Because love, I promise you, love will always be the most powerful force on the planet. And love is not a soft word. It ain't about just high fives and hugs and kisses. Love is the truth. And love is spelled N-O <laughs> to me. You dig what I'm saying? And so continue, man, to have that spirit of love. And that love comes from God, the true mixed master blaster, the God who is the ultimate gangster, God. So his name start with a G. Oh, my mama. <laughs> In heaven. <laughs> in heaven. And Lola in heaven. Thank Amen. you so much, welcome. Rudy. You're welcome, We appreciate queen. you. Respect, queen. Yes. I appreciate it. Thank you so much. Thank you. One of the reasons why I love speaking to OGs like Rudy is because they have lived experience wisdom. That comes from learning from one's mistakes and growing beyond their own circumstances. Rudy's remarkable journey from ex-Fallon and gangbanger to violence prevention counselor and role model offers valuable lessons in the power of redemption and community-driven solutions. His experience at Balboa High demonstrates the transformative impact of engaging with youth in a restorative manner. You know, by him asking students directly what they needed to stop the violence, And speaking to them 
at their level, he empowered them to take ownership of their futures. And this approach not only led to the creation of United Players, which has since expanded, but it also highlights the significance of listening to and involving the very people affected by violence and crafting their own solutions. Rudy's dedication to mentorship and his commitment to his community not only reduced youth violence, but it's inspired future generations to follow his path, creating a lasting legacy of positive change. United Play's growth and the transformation of its graduates into program staff and mentors, I think shows the enduring impact of Rudy's work in building a safer, more connected community through restorative justice initiatives. Rudy's journey also underscores the importance of young men reconnecting with their ancestral heritage and recognizing their true potential as kings. What I love about Rudy is that whenever he meets any male, he calls them king or young king, whether they're 80 years old or 10. I think in the midst of addressing youth violence, him emphasizing the need for healing masculinity as a fundamental part of youth transformation is amazing. Because by encouraging young men to explore their cultural roots and embrace their heritage, he not only provided a sense of identity, but also instills this idea that they are the rightful heirs to a rich legacy. And this concept of kingship reminds youth that they possess the innate strength, wisdom, and resilience to overcome any adversity, just like the warriors like Lapu Lapu. And Rudy's story serves as a powerful reminder that healing our ma masculinity in young men and nurturing a positive sense of identity can be integral components in the transformation of at-risk youth allowing them not to only escape this grip of violence, but to rise as leaders and become beacons of hope within their own communities. You can find United Players on Instagram at United underscore Players, spelled P-L-A-Y-A-Z. Cultural Cultivators is hosted by me, Nicole Salover. You can follow me on Instagram at Kindred Kapwa. This podcast is co-produced by John Reyes and Balai Creative and is a product of Cultivate Labs. Stay in touch at balaicreative.org.